Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I am very excited. I have not done a Q&A in a very long time and they're kind of my favorite episodes to do. So I have a very special person here to help me to ask some of your questions and also give her advice because she is, you know, even miles ahead of me in terms of her relationship. She's getting married in September when this episode is coming out. So very, very exciting. Everybody welcome my best friend, Sarah Kerwin, to the pod. Hi, thanks for having me, Alana. And Thank you for officiating this wedding that you're talking about in a month. <laughs> Guys, when this episode comes she's out. crazy. She literally asked me to officiate her wedding. When First of all, when she asked me this, I had never attended a wedding. And at this point, I've attended two. And what's funny is I have had more than one person ask me now, is Alana going to introduce your wedding by saying, hey guys, it's Alana. No <laughs> Welcome way. Welcome to the wedding. Wait, that's hilarious. I, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Part of me wants to give you permission, but it's not about me. Maybe not. It's not eh, about me. It's a little bit about you. Eh, it's only it's entirely about me. It's yeah. our day. We're getting married. We're getting married. Surprise. The boys are just there for fun. <laughs> I just um, read Kerwin part of the speech. So I'm co-officiating with one of her fiance Sam's best friends. And so we're doing it together. And my co-officiant and I have been working on the speech and we want the bride and groom's approval and their feedback and edits because we want it to be perfect for them. And so I just read her what we drafted and she started hysterically crying. Yes, we asked Alana and her co-officiant Gerard to ask everyone to put their phones away, um, which we decided to do because we want all of our guests to be there in the moment. And she was not even through saying please put your phones away without me having significant tears fall down my face so (laughs) buckle up ladies and gentlemen that'll be at my wedding because there will be a lot of happy tears that day you're gonna have to practice reading through it and hearing it like maybe I'll record it for you so you can just like listen to it on repeat so you become numb to it I'm also gonna have to invest in some waterproof mascara oh yeah definitely (laughs) definitely anywho I am very excited for that yeah you guys now I'm a one-stop shop you know I help you find love I help you keep love and then I can marry you too so I'm officially a reverend I am the clergy I I have a a badge that says it so I am open for business we should have you be like our baby nurse or like in the room when I'm in labor years down the road just so you can really (laughs) add to your resume I I think I might have a few um more lessons to learn before that happens (laughs) that one seems a little bit more difficult considering I've held one baby and it was one that was handed to me by somebody I worked with's wife. And I was like, uh, what do I do with this? I've never done this before. So we got a long way to go before that happens. We'll we'll put you in some training lessons. (laughs) We'll work on it. Anywho, we are very excited to do this Q&A. Kerwin, do you want to hit me with the first question? Yes. Your first listener said, what to do when he invites you to his party, but his other hookup is there and they are flirting? Ooh, that's really annoying. That is annoying. I've been there more than once and it's like the worst feeling ever. What did you do? God, probably. I mean, I'm going to say what I did and this is not advice for your listeners, like probably sulk or like go up to him and say something petty rather than just being confident and going to speak to him. Yeah. Um. It's happened multiple times now that I'm thinking about it. Have you ever been in that situation? Definitely. And I've also been in a situation where I think I've dug myself into a hole where I think that 
it's somebody else's hookup or someone else they're interested in because it looks like they're flirting. And then I make a fool of myself. I've thrown myself at the guy to try and be like, hey, I'm here. Remember me? Do you want to leave and go get pizza? Like trying to make my mark and claim this is my territory only to find out later that they're lifelong like friends or this girl. (laughs) Yeah, like it's a sister or the girl is dating his other friend. And so I think in that situation, like really... This is one where actions speak louder than words. And it's important to just pretend like this isn't happening and keep cool. And I think that will go a long, long way. And look, you can also leave. Like you can remove yourself from the situation if you're afraid that you're going to do something embarrassing or you're afraid that you're going to say something or it's really hurting you. Remove yourself from the situation. And if you need to end up saying something about it, that's totally fine. I think it's completely valid to let the person know like, hey, that was a little uncomfortable for me or I I didn't appreciate that. I was really looking forward to spending time with you and it made me a little uncomfortable seeing you, you know, flirting with this other person. So I'm really curious where you're at. But I would wait until the next day when the drinking is out of everyone's system. You're not in the heat of the moment. I think that is really how I would approach it. Yeah, though I I will say that I also have been in situations where, you know, someone says, come hang out with me, come to this party, whatever it is, and that person does end up, I see them kissing someone else or whatever it might be. And in that scenario, like, it's so easy to want to go up and make a scene, but, like, remove yourself. That person's clearly not respecting you, so, like, don't give that person another minute. Yeah, leave and, and move on. It's just, again, it's action speak louder. Exactly. Like they can say, come here and then show you that there was someone else. And maybe that wasn't intentional, but it happened. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. Ready for the next cue? Let's do it. All right. If you know me, you know that my dating life was riddled with dating anxiety. The second I would get home from a date, the only thing I could think of is like, oh my God, I I must have done something wrong or maybe he hates me. Maybe I'm never going to hear from him. And I'd be thinking those things even if the date went amazing. And I would literally overthink. I would self-sabotage. I would convince myself that it was over. And I would stay up all night like not being able to sleep, not being able to focus on anything other than how bad this great date actually went. And what helped me get over that and really be able to say like, okay, that was a good date and I'll hear from them. And if I don't like, okay, was taking Mindset Wellness CBD's Calm Gummies after my dates. They really helped me just stay present and realize like, okay, I went on a date and I did the best I could and it went the way it went and that's all I can do. And I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to get through my day tomorrow. I don't need to be checking my phone every three seconds. And it was such a game changer for me in my dating life. So I definitely want that for you. If you are currently experiencing dating anxiety, you have to try Head to mindsetwellness.com and use code seeing other people at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping. And again, those are the calm gummies. I promise you, they will help you so much. How do you handle bad or unsafe manners, i.e. drinking in Ubers, not wearing seatbelts? Do you say bye on the first date? Mm, that's tough. And I think things that go hand in hand with that are like being rude to wait staff and mm. all that stuff that we hate to see. I think in that case, you could try saying something. Like, oh, I don't think we should bring the drink into the car or seatbelts and see how they react just as if you were saying it to a friend. But if there are multiple things like this that are happening on the first date, you might just not be compatible. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, if this is a one time occurrence, it is what it is. But if this is something like they're always rude to a waiter, then that's probably a pretty big red flag. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, Exclusive versus relationship. Literally, what is the point? That is a great question for 2022. 
That is a really good question. And I'll start with this one because I truly felt the same way before I understood why. And I felt the same way up until I met Jake, where I was like, I don't understand if you're exclusive, you're in a relationship. If you're in a relationship, you're exclusive. Like it's some form of a commitment. There's no difference. It's stupid. Why are we making more terms than we need? And what I realized when I met Jake, so we became exclusive. He actually asked me to be exclusive on our sixth date. Mind you, this was like probably two months into us talking because at one point I had gone home to visit family for a few weeks. Like there were breaks in between How of did us he seeing ask you? each other. We were looking at the either seals or sea lions at the Central Park Zoo. <laughs> and he just brought it up that he wasn't, you know, talking to anyone else oh. or seeing anyone else and wasn't interested in it. And I wasn't expecting to, him to bring it up at that point, but I was like pleasantly surprised. And I was like, yeah, like I feel the exact same way. And then Alana's acting or saying it much chiller. She was definitely like freaking out internally and doing <laughs> jumping jacks. You're like, yeah, I was happy. Whatever. I wasn't expecting I, it. You definitely like went home, called every single person you knew. Yeah. Obviously like called, me. I probably tried to like go to the bathroom and text you. Yeah. Um, no, I think I remember saying to him after I was like, did we just become exclusive? <laughs> That's <laughs> on brand for you. Exclusive. Um, But at that point, I do remember, you know, I wasn't ready to be his girlfriend. I wasn't ready to call him my boyfriend. And look, if he asked me to be his girlfriend, would I have said no? No, I would have been like, yeah, let's see how this goes. You look like you want to say something. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering, like, if he's saying that you're exclusive and you are saying you're not ready to be his girlfriend, literally, what is the difference? So here's what I realized is for me knowing that he was being intentional, knowing that he wasn't seeing anyone else or wasn't interested in talking to anyone else, that gave me the permission to fall for him. And that made me feel more comfortable trusting him. And you know, I've had experiences in the past where if I don't hear from somebody on a Thursday, Friday or Saturday night, like I just assume that they're out on a date with somebody else because that's what has happened to me in my past. And so hearing him, you know, I always had a feeling that he wasn't going on dates with other people from the time we started dating because he worked a lot of nights, including the weekend nights. So that was actually very comforting for me because I never had to worry. But hearing him say, I'm not seeing anyone else. I don't want to see anyone else or talk to anyone else. That made me feel really safe with him. And I think that's what allowed me to really open up and, you know, kind of consciously decide, okay, I can really give this my all and not have any fears that I would normally have. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward a month and I'm like, all right, like I'm in this. I want this guy to be my boyfriend. He went kind of quickly in terms of asking me to be exclusive. When the fuck is he going to ask me to be his girlfriend? (laughs) And it was killing me. And every single time we hung out, I'm like, he's going to ask today. Like he's going to ask. He's got to. But do you think there's any chance he was sitting there thinking you already were his girlfriend? Yeah. So one morning I finally, no, I did not think that at the time, but one morning I finally turned to him and said, are you going to ask me to be your girlfriend already or what? And he goes, oh, I thought you were my girlfriend. Right. That's exactly what happened to me. I freaked out. Really? Yeah. Uh, We were driving somewhere and I, we were in the car and he said like something about us, our relationship, like insignificant. And I just like, word vomited like am I your girlfriend and he was like you've what do you mean like you've been been my girlfriend girlfriend. for months and here I was like stirring for two months like he doesn't like me it's so (laughs) funny that's like the problem with dating is that we all have different definitions and so at the end of the day look like if you don't think there's a difference between being exclusive and being in a relationship great that's fine but you have to make sure that the person you're dating also 
doesn't think there's a difference. I think you can argue that being exclusive is kind of the commitment to not seeing other people, whereas being boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever label you want is more of a commitment to that person as a partnership. So I'm we're exclusive, so I'm not going to go on dates, but I'm also not going to ask you what you're doing every day this week and try to coordinate plans with you those days. Like I don't owe you that quite yet. Right. Right. I mean, I I don't necessarily believe that, but I think that's the argument of what a relationship is deeper than exclusive exclusivity. I think that's a good way to explain it. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, Age gaps. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. I have to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you don't know about Anchor, it's Spotify's podcast platform, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free, and you know I love free. Second of all, their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your phone or computer. What could be easier than that? Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you want it played. You can also make money from your podcast, no matter how few downloads you get regularly. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hope you love today's episode. Is your next bullet point here. Age gaps. What do you think of age gaps? So this one's tough because, look, I just turned 28. I feel like I'm at a place in my life where, like, yeah, I would personally think it's weird to date somebody 10 years older or 10 years younger. But at the same time, I know a lot of my friends and a lot of people in my lives, their parents are 10 years apart or even more than that. And it's completely normal. But sitting here now, like for me, it would feel weird. You know, my oldest brother, Andrew, he's four years older than me. And for so long, I felt like I had nothing in common with his friends. And maybe now I feel comfortable getting along with them and talking to them. But I still always felt like there was a big difference. So again, like I've dated people his age and, and even older, and it's gone totally fine. But I think it really depends on where you're at in your life. And I think what's more important than the age gap is the maturity gap. Mm, that's a really good point yeah I mean to your point just like making sure you have the same vision of things that you want in your life right um like you know you could be two years apart and one person can be ready for a family and one person could be wanting to go out and have fun every night and there's nothing wrong with either but you just need to be aligned whereas I know plenty of people who are in relationships with someone 10 years older than them and they're much more aligned on what they want so that's definitely what's important exactly so yeah I think the rule of thumb here like I said it's not about age gaps it's about maturity gaps, values gaps, and, you know, knowing that you want the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this question is how do you budget for a relationship? Because I think that's a huge one, especially we're two girls from New York City and things are expensive. It's also something people don't talk about. Like people talk about budgeting for dates 
which again, they don't talk about enough, but dating is expensive. Mm -hmm. I know, especially if you are um, more traditional Mm -hmm. and it is a man and a woman going out, very often the man will pay and it has just got to be insane for men who do pay for first, second, third dates. And and I know it's controversial. Like I've been on the streets asking people these questions like who should pay (laughs) on the first date. I know how controversial it is. I've seen the millions of comments about it and people going at each other about it. It's really tough. Okay, okay, we're not talking about dating, though. We're talking about budgeting for a relationship. Right. I want to try and stay on track, even though I have so much to say about (laughs) budgeting for dating. I think it's something where, you know, you and your partner need to really be aligned in terms of your expectations and your comfort levels surrounding what you're spending. Um, The other day, I actually Googled and looked up what percent of couples have gotten divorced because of money. And it was 41% of divorced Gen Zers, sorry, 41% of divorced Gen Xers and 29% of boomers say their marriage ended due to disagreements about money. And I think that stuff starts when you start dating somebody. And, you know, I've seen polls and question boxes on other accounts of like, at what point do you talk about your finances with your partner or tell them what you're making? And like more than half of people will say like once we're engaged. And I'm like, that's scary. It has to happen way before that, I think. Way before. Because also imagine if somebody has all this debt that you don't know about or hasn't paid off their student loans and you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's okay to want to treat yourself um, as a couple to a night out or a dinner or a show, whatever it might be. But I also think there's so many ways to get creative and do dates that are either very inexpensive or even free. Like I'm even thinking back to some of my favorite dates ever, which is going on a walk, going to Trader Joe's where food is extremely reasonably priced and Mm -hmm. getting a few things and doing a picnic you know they have if you find a Trader Joe wine store if you're lucky enough to have one in your town their wine is two dollars which is amazing 299 289 so it's really three dollars but it's okay it's two buck chuck we'll let it happen yeah but whereas if you go out to dinner you know it's 13 dollars a glass per person and this and this and that's at a cheap restaurant and that exactly well in New York City we don't know um but like, just get creative, you know, there's now there's so many streaming services and you can do all these cool classes as a couple from YouTube and art projects, whatever it might be. There's so many things you can do for inexpensive ways. Yeah. Even you and me, like we have a history of going out and buying canvases and paint and <laughs> doing our own wine and paint class instead of going and buying $50 tickets to do it elsewhere. And we have the the time of our lives doing that yeah it's almost more fun yeah so I think you know being realistic about okay like if you and your partner really love going out and trying new restaurants like okay let's let's make a budget for it Jake and I literally actually have a budget Mm -hmm. for built in for monthly and yearly dinner dates so figure out what feels comfortable what maybe you have to sacrifice in order to do that or maybe you won't go to that concert because you're going to this restaurant and fill in the other nights with certain things like both of us spend so much time at home with our partners playing games like Jake and I are addicted to <laughs> Rummy Cube <laughs> Kerwin and, and her fiance Sam love playing backgammon like that's what we love to do and that brings us joy and you know that's something that has become a staple in our relationships yeah. and it's free you can almost do a whole episode on date ideas you yeah, should do that I totally should do that yeah I, I think love that. that I would listen to that me too <laughs> get some ideas <laughs> um all right next question what's a good way to break the ice when you match with someone you kind of know? I saw that question. I love that question. I love that question. Um, I have an answer. Do it. 
you'll probably have a better answer, which is like I always try to find something on a Hinge profile or whatever the dating app is um, that I have a commonality with. So if it's a show, I'll comment on the show. Sam, my fiance, he was from a town that I'd heard of nearby. So I like commented on that. So just finding like one little thing, even if it's really small and just being like, hey, like I watched The Office too, (laughs) because that's on every dating app profile. What about if it's somebody you like have met before? You know, you went to college or you're a friend of a friend and you've been in the same room before, I think is just own it. Like, hey, you're Alana's friend, right? Like, I think we've met. Or like, hi, you look really familiar. I'm not sure if we've met. If you want to play it a little bit cooler and don't want to confess fully to knowing exactly who that person is. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good strategy. I also think, let's say you went to the same college together. Like, I'd say, go cuse. Like, we would send orange emojis, I think, to people yeah. we would see on apps who went to the same college. Maybe you were, you know you were at a specific party with a specific friend. Mentioned something about that friend being like, wait, so funny. We just matched. I was actually with Kerwin last week. That's just funny timing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there are ways you can acknowledge it. And look, worst case, if they don't remember, that's embarrassing for them, not you. You can also go through the mutual friend that you have and say, hey, what's Jake's deal? Whatever. Is True. he single? What's he looking for? See if they're close enough connected to maybe reach out to that person. Totally. Whatever it is. Absolutely. I think it's kind of a leg up to maybe recognize someone. Like it just can kind of break the ice a little bit quicker in some ways. Absolutely. I mean, I... I posted a TikTok about this this week where I um, read through my old messages with my friend Helena, who is mine and Jake's mutual friend. Oh, I saw and that. getting that her funny. recommendation on him, which I accidentally did twice because <laughs> I, you know, matched with him multiple times, apparently. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Having conversations about long-term plans with significant other, like moving in together, getting engaged, et cetera. For context, this person is eight months into their relationship right now. Okay. Love this question. Really glad you asked it. And obviously, you know, eight months in is a big deal. Congratulations. And that's definitely a time where you want to start having those conversations or at least like you're thinking about it. And it'd be very shocking if that other person was not thinking about it as well. I would say, you know, don't work yourself up too much about it. They're conversations and they're things that are very normal. And I think a really easy way to kind of lean into them is by referencing a friend of yours who's, you know, making that next step. Like, oh, like Kerwin and Sam move in, are moving in together soon. Like she showed me their apartment. It looks so fun. Do you have any thoughts in your head or have you thought about it all? And if you would want to move in together at some point down the road and like when that would be and where we'd want to live. And also just like making small references to, oh, my rent is up. My my lease is up Mm -hmm. at the end of this year. Do you have any thoughts to what you're going to do when your lease is up or, you know. Do you think you're going to stay? Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, a lot of these conversations are not so organic and are a little bit more challenging to have. But at the end of the day, when you feel ready and you want to make those next steps with your partner, it is important to have those conversations and make sure you're aligned, right? Like, I know people who love, or I actually have one friend, she's madly in love with her boyfriend, they live together he wants kids and she doesn't and that's like a huge struggle and that's something that as hard of a decision that is like that is something you kind of have to figure out before you commit to each other forever so again a hard conversation but necessary to have yeah the sooner you can figure those out the better um I will say like it's gonna be different for every couple and you know I was talking to uh, an old friend of mine about Jake and I moving in together and this was probably like six months ago and she had been dating her boyfriend at the time for 
probably like a year longer than me and Jake. And she mentioned that she really wants to move in, but he wants another at least like year, year and a half of living by himself. And that's like really hard for her because she feels really ready. Like she doesn't want to wait any longer. She wants to get to that next step. And you know, if they're not going to move in together yet, that pushes back their whole timeline, that length of time. And so I talked about it and it's really all about compromise. So you have to know that you might not get the answer that you want. You might not get the response that you want, but it's important to share your perspective, your thoughts, your opinions, and and hear them out in theirs and really try and understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. I think... Oh, go ahead. I I was just going to say also keep in mind not one size fits all. So Mm -hmm. if all of your friends are moving in before marriage and you might want to try something new like get married first and then live live with the person or yeah, everyone have children and then get married like whatever like it's really whatever you want to do and what your partner wants to do that's the best path for you literally every single person is different and everyone wants different things and and has different priorities so yeah I think definitely trying not to feel too much pressure externally um one thing I, I think a conversation that's notable or worth mentioning is when I wanted to get Barkley. Jake and I had been dating for six months, seven months maybe. And, you know, I wasn't expecting my dog Zoe to pass away. And I didn't know when Zoe died. I didn't know if I was going to, you know, want another dog or not be able to look at dogs for a while. And I quickly realized that having a dog was something that not only that I wanted, but almost that I needed. I really just felt so much comfort when I was with my friend's dogs. And I would literally go over to my friend's apartments while they were not there just to sit with their dog because it was comforting to <laughs> me. Did do that. So for me, that was something I realized, okay, this is really important to me. And I don't know if I want to wait for this, but I obviously need to talk about it with Jake because, you know, he's becoming a really big part of my life. And first of all, I need to make sure he's okay with it. And second of all, maybe this is something in his future five-year plan with me that he wants to do together. So we sat down at lunch and I brought up, I really think that I want a dog and I'm ready for one. But at the same time, I know that a lot of couples move in together, live together for a bit and then get a dog together. And if that's something that you want to do together, that's important to you that we do that together. Let me know because I want to know that I don't want to just do this if that's important to you. And maybe I would be willing to wait if it's something that would really matter to you. And he was like, I appreciate you saying that, but I wouldn't think of it any less as our dog when the time came, if you got one now. And so I was like, okay, can we go look at puppies now? (laughs) And we did. And now now we we had an adoption ceremony. (laughs) Barkley adopted Jake to be his dad after my single momhood for about a year. And I think it's really important that I brought that up rather than just being like, okay, I'm going to go get a dog now. Yeah. Cool. Is that cool with you? Doesn't matter because that's what I'm doing. I do think that it is important. Not that I at all think this is going to happen with you and Jake, but when you do make decisions like that to get a dog pretty early on into your relationship, you do need to think worst case scenario. If you and Jake didn't work out, what would we do with the dog? Who would keep him? Who would care for him? Whatever. Financially, could I do this independently? I've heard about lawsuits, like people being served because someone takes the dog. Oh, if Sam and I were to break up, there would definitely be a lawsuit, but yes. I would win. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to make a PowerPoint in order to get Sam to say yes to Moni. Sure did. Could send it out to any of Alana's listeners. It worked. <laughs> Took a few months, but it worked. All right. We have time for one more question. And this is a long one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I started dating a guy this summer. I'm 20 years old and he's 21. He initially said he was looking for something casual that may or may not involve to a serious relationship. We texted every day continuously hundreds of texts per day for two months from morning until night. Every day he would text me a good morning and a good night text as well. We were both home 
for the summer from college and live over an hour away. We both don't have cars, so it was difficult to meet. However, we met four times in New York City for dinner, movies, and walking around, uh, and each date lasted five to six hours. We had so much in common and come from similar cultural backgrounds. We both said we had a great time after the date and ended with kisses. Before he went back to college last week, he said he still wanted to continue to talk to me. For the first time, I asked if we were exclusive, and he said no. I asked if he liked me, and he said definitely likes me, but needs to figure out how he likes me. I asked what that meant, and he needed to figure out if he likes me more casually or more serious. Since he's been back at college, I've only gotten a text midday where we text for about an hour. No more good morning and no more good night texts. I go, to, I go back to college next week, which is hundreds of miles away from him. I really like him, but I don't want to get hurt. Do you think I should continue to text him, or should I tell him if you're not sure about me by now, then I just want to move on? That is a question that I feel like a lot of people can relate to. That's a really so good much. question. And and I got this email a few days ago, and um, I'm going to make sure that this listener gets this answer before this episode comes out um, because I want her to, to, you know, have that support. But this is really tough. It is really tough. I don't have an immediate answer. I'm kind of thinking about it. I do. Because, yes, there were so many amazing moments and he was so consistent and you would see each other and it was great and you have so much in common and value the same things but when the consistency changes when suddenly somebody can't give you an answer when you know you say are we exclusive and they say no all of that adds up to you no longer feeling safe in this situation you can't rely on this person anymore and you're sitting there, I know the feeling you're sitting there in pain. You're sitting there like in agony, you know, checking your phone a million times a day, waiting for him to text you. And then that one time that he does, it's this hit of dopamine. And it's like, okay, maybe this will continue. Maybe things are good. Like he is here for me, but then you don't know when you're going to get that next text from him. And it sounds like, you know, he's been back at college and he's distracted. Who knows what he's doing? Who knows, unfortunately, what he's doing, whatever with, who he's doing, whatever with. And especially with going back to your school now, which is hundreds of miles away, there is not going to be a quick solve for this. There is no easy answer. And so I would say exactly what you said, like just letting him know if you're not sure about me by now, then I want to move on. And fortunately for you, I will say, I think going back to school is the perfect time for that Mm -hmm. and the perfect distraction. I also think that because he was so quick to be uncertain once getting back to school. That does unfortunately speak volumes. Um, But what is important is to kind of take a step back. And when you're in college, focus on you and focus on the people that are actually in person. And when it comes to, you know, winter break or next summer, spring break, whatever, and you're still thinking about this person, then reach out and say, hey, like, what's your status? Are you still thinking about me? Have you moved on? Um, And then kind of reassess. I know so many people in college who did take a long break um, from their relationship to kind of enjoy college and being in the moment. And today are back together since graduating and have worked it out. You know, I think I've always said this, but I think being single and kind of having that experience in college is really, really important because then you will have the rest of your life to be with someone that you love and who loves you um, and has no questions about it. So just kind of take advantage of this time. And if you meet someone that does do those things for you, that's amazing. But if not, that's okay too. I couldn't agree more. And all that being said, you know, you don't even have to reach back out over the break and say, are you still interested? You could just say like, 
hey, let's catch up. Yeah, totally. It doesn't have to be so intense. Yeah. And you just don't want to look back on college and be like, wow, I missed out on all of these things. And I spent so much time being upset about this person who wasn't even there. When I was in this magical place, you and I had the time of our lives in college. And Well, I was just going to say, I can definitely speak for both of us that we have both been in places that we are staring at our phones being like, when is this person going to text us? And oh we God. ruin our days and We ruin lives. each other's days by like... <laughs> we have way too many stories. Way too many. And looking back in retrospect, none of those people who we were waiting on text for are significant to us. And we are both in very happy and healthy relationships and like... In the moment, it feels like I'm never going to find someone that I connect with this much again and this stinks. But like, I promise you there will be someone else who will be better because they will send you that good morning text every single day. Yeah. And they're not going to make you feel that pain of wondering because you're going to know you can count on them. You're going to know that they're always going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the key to a relationship. A healthy relationship is just not even having to guess twice if they're there for you because you already know and are reassured that they are. Absolutely. Kerwin, before I let you go, and as we approach your wedding, what's the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever gotten? So this is such a cliche, but it's so true. Be yourself. You have to be yourself in a relationship because then someone will love you for you and you don't want to be pretending to be something you're not. I'm glad you said that because a huge part of my speech for you for with officiating your wedding is about how you are your whole fucking weird self with Sam and how he loves you for that and for those looking for someone who is like I will never find someone because I'm a weirdo Alana can attest I am the biggest weirdo (laughs) in the the world world. and I am myself and somebody somehow loves me for that and he must have issues clearly if he he gives (laughs) in to all my for all of his weirdness yeah, there's definitely a lot more weirdness coming from my end. Totally. But hey, we've... And I love you too for your weirdness. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Thanks. I'm kidding. Um, what about you, Alana? No, I don't like this question. Nobody ever asks me. I'm I know. Al- no one's allowed to ask me. I'm only allowed to ask everybody else. Um, You might be a dating expert right now, but I don't know... I, I do know that you have not been one forever. This so you have true. clearly gotten advice along your... I've gotten a lot of advice. Um, I think the best piece of relationship advice that I have gotten and that I have to give is that people always say a relationship is 50-50. It's not, and it can't be, because then you're only giving half and you're only expecting half of them. A relationship needs to be 100-100, and that's not to say that you're always going to be able to give 100, but you have to always want to give as much as you can. There are going to be times where you take more than you give. There are going to be times where you need support and they are there to give it to you. And there are going to be times when they need support and you're there to get to give it to you. You guys have to be all in. You can't be one foot in, one foot out. It can't be 50 and 50. It has to be 100 and 100 in order for a relationship to really work. Both people need to want it to work as much as the other. That's really good advice. I love that. Yeah. It's also in my speech. <laughs> I'm giving Stop it. All it. Away. <laughs> I'll get Stop. It. You're not allowed to say this to me. I know. I know. Stop it. Ah. Well, this has been lovely. Thank you, Kerwin, for being here. Thanks for having me. Such and a fun little surprise in the afternoon. I'm going to do this more often now that I'm working next door. Oh, my God. I'm so excited, you guys. Kerwin is literally starting a new job now that is a block and a half away from here, from 50, my apartment. 50% of me took this job because it was the job that I was looking for, and 50% of me took this job because I knew I'd be next to Alana's apartment. 
So and fifty plus fifty equals one hundred. Exactly. But only when it's coming from one person, not two people. Full circle. One hundred percent of me took this apartment because I knew that in a year and a half from moving in, she would get a job right nearby. And on that note, awesome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend, to the group chat, uh, share it on your story. If you loved it, you can always buy me a coffee. If you want to support the podcast, the link is in the show notes for that. And if you want to schedule an emotional support human session, so that's one on one dating advice, vent session, whatever you need with me or a dating app profile revamp. The links to that are also in the show notes and make sure you're following, subscribed, five-star rating and review. If you haven't yet, those go such a long way and I love you all and I'll see you next time.